Faith Factor Impact, Episode 19. Hey everybody, welcome to Faith Factor Impact, where we hang out with today's top nonprofit thought leaders to get refueled, reconnected, and inspiration. So let's go. And so I often tell our team here that good energy begets more good energy. There's a law of attraction to that. If you smile, someone smiles back. And these tiny things really do add up to transformative big change. Hello, Impact listeners. Jay Everline here, your host. And I am so excited today to present to you my friend, my brother from another mother, Carlos Leniak. Carlos, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. You're right. You are a brother from another mother, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Carlos is the president and CEO of Big Brothers and Sisters, a one-to-one youth mentoring agency serving three-county region in New Jersey. Under Carlos's leadership, the organization has went from the smallest mentoring program to the largest in New Jersey and the country, serving 1,100 youth there in New Jersey. Carlos is a top-notch thought leader who's doing work that matters and making an impact. So, Carlos, we are thrilled to have you on the show. I am excited and pumped about what you're going to share with us, your story, what you guys are doing there, Big Brothers and Sisters in New Jersey. And before we get started into your story, we always like to start at the top of our show off with the reflection. It's this moment to quiet the noise around us, get centered and get focused on what we're going to dive into today. And so I know you've got a good one for us. Why don't you take away and share your share your reflection? Thank you, Jesse. Again, it's an honor. It's an honor to be here and, and, and amplify the story of our mission, our children, and our families. Um, you know, the, the one that upon reflection really resonates with our agency, our movement, our mentoring movement has been one of abundance. Um, Robert Kennedy famously said that each time a man stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against an injustice, he sends forth a tiny ripple of hope. And if we all send out tiny ripples of hope, imagine what we could do, the, the biggest walls of just, injustice would come tumbling down. And, and so I often tell our team here that good energy begets more good energy. There's a law of attraction to that. If you smile, someone smiles back. And these tiny things really do add up to transformative big change, but it only happens at the micro level. And that's the spirit of big brothers, big sisters. That's the spirit of a one-to-one relationship. And, and it truly taps into um, what I believe is the abundance that we all have, this this wonderful positive light. Um, And if we all just shine it up and amplify it, this world would be a better place. Well said. I love that. I love that positive energy. I agree with everything in me that 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 what you when you set off that um, that motion uh, personally to to do something in the world that makes a difference, it it does send those ripples and uh, you can't always quantify the impact it has. And we shared a little bit about that before we got started here today. Um, but it pays dividends. Absolutely. So thank you for, for kicking us off. That's certainly something to get us uh, started for our day. And Carlos, I want to get into your story. I want before we talk about Big Brothers and Big Sisters, we we really bring leaders like yourself on the show because you have a fascinating story. There is there is something that made you who you are today and caused you to be doing what you're doing. And so kind of let us into your your life, Carlos, who, who are you personally and talk to us a little bit about that let's get to know you um thank you uh you know it's 
it, it, it's a personal mission that we're on here. Um, I, I stand here uh, rooted in the belief that to he who much is given, much is required. And, and I've been blessed, but I was blessed to have been raised by a single parent mother who was born in a small room apartment in Ecuador who, who cleaned houses, who scrubbed toilets to put food on the table to make ends meet. And in, in high school, I cleaned house alongside her of some of the kids I actually went to school with. And, and times got particularly tough in sophomore year. And, and I thought I had it all figured out at that point because I thought that the right path for me uh, in my destiny was to drop out and just have more hours to work and, 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 put, um, and help ameliorate the situation at home, especially pronounced when, when um, you know, the debt collectors would call 8 o'clock and I would have to answer the phone and, and, and run defense for my mother that the car was repossessed, that we had to move around from house to house. And in the midst of all that chaos, um, I lost a sense of what my future could be. My mom was strong, is strong. Um, she was a positive, positive person, raising two boys on her own, and kept on um, being clear about going to college. She kept on saying that that was a mantra at home: "Go to college. You need to go to college." So I, you know, in the midst of all that, I I must have torn my mother up. You know, she didn't she didn't sacrifice. She didn't clean houses to to have me quit and drop out. Honestly, uh, but for having positive adult mentors, two specifically. I would not be here today. They essentially had um, an intervention for me at home. And, um, you know, with with the love and support and them saying the same thing my mom said, but it came from a different voice. You know, sometimes we we tune out the voices that are, are closest to us. And I certainly did that to my mom. You know, these two mentors came in and they 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 brought me, they broke me down. And um, they basically said that, you know, I was not going to realize my full potential if I continued down the path of, of being dropped out. And at the end of the day, um, they were right. I was humbled. I was wrong. Um, I, I went back to school and um, I caught up and, and you know, graduated decently in my class. I went off to an Ivy League college, um, worked at Goldman Sachs for a little while on the Wall Street, uh, did the Wall Street thing for a little while, and um, then went off to get a master's degree in London School of Economics. And, and while in London, I had my, uh, my moment. I'm, I'm a firm believer in the, um, the old adage that Mark Twain has said, Deepak Chopra said, a lot, of, a lot of people have spoken about the idea that the two most fundamental days in a person's life are the day you're born and the day you know why. Yes. And, and for me, my why moment became clear when I started to volunteer mentor in a school in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, one child once a week turned into two children four days a week. And that, that experience just absolutely changed my life. And so while, while I was getting my master's degree at, at, in London, I was still I was volunteering, but I, I was in the private sector. My job was held for me. And um, literally in a gray London day, um, I did a lot of reflecting. I asked myself the big questions, like, what's my why moment? What's, what's the thing that I'm going to try to leave an imprint on in, in this world? And what's, what's my role here? And once I started to, my partner at the time, she was very good about saying, there's something different about you when, when you come home and you may have landed a big deal for the, for the firm, but you're different and you speak, you light up when you talk about Aljamir, your, your mentee. Mm-hmm. And there was something about that. And as I kept on exploring that and I, and I needed to literally take a retreat from my day to day. And I was in, it was in, you know, I, I was out of the, the continent for that to be clear for me. And um, I thought to myself, maybe this is what I need to be doing. And, 
And once I started to move in that direction, my, my journey, my professional journey, my, my, my life's journey moved in that direction. I started to work at the school I, I was volunteering at. Um, and then, you know, four and a half years later, I was asked to become CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters with the spirit of paying it forward. Um, you know, it all became clear. The things that I didn't have in my life when I was a child, the things that I used to curse the world at, you know, we didn't have money. We struggled to make ends meet. We didn't have a father. Those all became part of my why. Mm-hmm. The the liabilities became assets. The things that became that were negative were were fuel to my fire to fight for this mission, to fight for for those who may be fi- trying to find their way. And um, it gives me this passion that's above and beyond a job. And and it allows us. It's, it's allowed us to to manifest wonderful things in this organization, knowing that no matter how big we get behind each number, there's a child, a child that may have a huge ripple effect that of positive results that, that I might not see. Um, but we know on faith that, that we're, we're doing it. Wow. Wow. Carlos, uh, such a powerful story. Um, humble beginnings and, and people in your life pouring into your life to, to give you that moment that you had when you stopped and you paused is what I heard you say. Um, and and you asked these questions, these pretty critical questions about where was life going to go for you and, and how are you going to get there? Um, but let me let me crystallize this. And you said this a little bit, but, you know, a catalyst for our show is this this, this faith factor. And you talked about it, this why this thing that you believe is bigger than yourself. Uh, who do you see in the mirror uh, or, or who, who comes across your mind when you think about your why that faith factor for you? That's a that's a that's a great question. And um, I think ultimately, when I look at the mirror and we enter the day and I open up the door to my office and we have staff meeting, I. I know that behind each number is a child like myself and, and, and my why, the thing that fuels me and drives me in on this mission is knowing that um, there is a struggling parent who's trying to find the best for their child and may not know exactly how to get there, but has all good intention. And here we have this mission that I've been blessed to be entrusted to, to take on. And my role is to really, um, build that bridge, like I said before, and tap into communities and have them hear about the plight of our children and our families and offer a connection to them. And it's really this, the, the mentoring is, is um, really tapped into the most powerful force in the world, which is the power of love. We're trying to introduce the idea of unconditionally loving relationships that, that have returns, uh, on both sides, for the children and for the big. We had a wonderful um, event the other day um, with one of our corporate partners, um, and 60 of them who have been amazing mentors to children. You know, if you close your eyes and you, you didn't see the buttoned-up suits and, and, and the, the tall building that we, we hosted this in, you would have felt something different. There was a different energy and a different spirit because the the, the movement that we've taken on here has been able to tap into the goodness that I think we all have at, mm-hmm. the, at the end of the day and manifest that goodness into these, these lives. That's powerful. And, and, and so to hear the stories that we had literally a couple of weeks ago in this corporate office was one that spoke as if we were benefiting the bigs. And then you, and then you cut and paste and you look, you look at the children and the parents and the stories and testimonials from their perspective, it's the same thing. 
So uh, when you started off the conversation, you said uh, our agency has served over 1,100 children. That, that's absolutely correct. But each one of those children has a one-to-one mentor. So we truly have 20, over 2,200 people in our program. And I would say both of them, uh, the big and the little, the mentor and the mentee, have had positive impacts. But I also want to say, Jesse, too, and I appreciated your, your conversation about um, – not 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 being judgmental about Goldman or or even private sector folks. Yeah. Like I think those are. I mean, it, it's important. I think sometimes when I um, uh, get interviewed, it people try to frame um, a false uh, contrast, and it it wasn't that way. I actually enjoyed being there. I actually enjoyed my colleagues. I thought it was a a real great environment. I'm not going to lie, um, and and I think that really has allowed me to to value building that bridge. I'm yeah. not casting an aspersion. I'm not casting a judgment. Um, and, and recently with my staff, I kind of described to them, um, you know, the spirit of all that w- that became crystallized for me was in the most unassuming way. It was, um, you know, I took a, a, a side trip while I was in L- London uh, getting my, my degree. You know, going to France is an easy thing. It's like going from New York to Philadelphia. It's like a three, like a two and a half hour ride. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're in a new country. And, and I remember once walking by this small hole in the wall, this French bread store, and this, you know, 50-year-old gentleman, uh, slightly balding, was prideful of his, you know, he, you could tell, like, this, this is his labor of love, right? Exactly. He was, like, sweating. He was as a small mom-and-pop shop. But I walk in, I wasn't even hungry, and I smelled this bread, and it attracted me from a block away. And he was talking about with great pride that this 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 piece of bread on the right was the recipe of his grandfather and that he proudly was going to show this this bread on the left, the recipe of that to his grandson and the lineage, the history, the pride. And and honestly, he was going to make a dollar from me. You know, I was only going to buy a couple of pieces of bread. I wasn't even that hungry. But the fact that this man in this hole in the wall had his little piece of the world be excellent. Yeah. And not only excellent, but but full of love. And and it attracted me to it. Right. It was this wonderful gravitational pull and this wonderful spirit. And he was able to make ends meet. And obviously, you know, his his family had done well in this little um, hole in the wall bread store. But it was also the idea that if we all just pursue our journey with uh, fullness, with love and, and, and pursuing it to be as excellent as we can, and we can make ends meet, the world would be a better place. I mean, so you could do a, you could be a bread store yeah. uh, owner. You could be a, a nonprofit leader. You could be whatever you are, the best talk show, whatever you are, and just pursue it with love, with positive intention, and 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 the pursuit of excellence. This world can be transformed. So good, so good, brother. You're a, you are you are speaking to my heart, my friend. Um, that is what we're all about here at Faith Factor Impact. And, and, and man, I can't tell you there there are ricochets throughout the country and internationally. There are people listening to you right now that that are picking up these nuggets, sensing that love, sensing that dedication, that pursuit of excellence. And boy, do I thank you for sharing that story. Such good stuff. Now, here's the deal, Carlos. Man, you you you're you're a rock star, all right? And uh you've done a lot of great things in your life. Here's the deal. You're policy advisor to the governor. Uh you serve on President Barack Obama's regional finance committee. You're engaged in all of these other things. I mean, you're you're everywhere, right? And and so when people see you in the public space, 
it's like you're untouchable. And one of the things we try to do is bring people down so that when they hear your story, it's not, I'll never be able to get there. And so we ask leaders like you, what's, what's been a valley moment for you, a challenging time along your journey, where maybe you even thought you were going to give up and want to kind of hear what that valley moment for you was. And, and how did you, how did you, what'd you learn from it? How'd you get through it? So, and I appreciate that because we, we all, no matter what um, people project upon us, we all are the same. I mean, we all are humans. We're all fallible. We, yes. we, we, we have our own journeys. Um, and um, I was very generous also the way um, you characterize some of my, my accomplishments. I, I do appreciate that. I, you know, I think the Valley moments um, were part of what I was describing from my why, you know, on this long journey, there are a lot of bumps along the way, um, things that you want to just, throw up your hands. And so running this small organization, we've had our challenges, you know, funding isn't always what it should be, what, it, what I'd like it to be. And, yeah. you know, it reminds me of, I have a, a, a big picture in my office of Frederick Douglass when he talked about if there is no struggle, there is no progress. Yes. Love uh, no struggle, no progress. And so he, he came up, you know, born a slave, right? He literally had the scars of this, his, this country's worst part of our history, on his back, and he rose from slavery to be uh, to 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 articulate to not only this country but to the world about the injustices of his day. He was a special advisor to President Abraham Lincoln, who helped tip this country the tipping point of of moving away from that craziness. And and so, with no struggle, there's no progress. And 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 he his his. You know, his newsletter, the thing that motivated him was the North Star. Mm -hmm. Literally, his true North was the North Star, the idea of the pursuit of something that may seem far away from you, but gives you the perspective needed so that if you have, if that scar hurts your back, if you're feeling weary and tired, you can still carry on because that North Star, that your North Star moment, whatever that may be, can carry you forward. And so, you know, personally in the road, I've had bumps in the road for sure too, uh, growing up, um, as well as, as a leader, you know, you don't have, I don't have it all figured out. There's, mm. there's no way for me to frame it any other different, any other way. Um, but as long as I'm, I'm, I'm being true to a mission and I'm being communicative to those who trust, who trust me and, and I trust them and who love me and I love them. Um, you know, with that honesty and that, um, humility and that vulnerability, um, it gives others a chance to love me and support me when I'm not strong. Love and that. that's, that's an essential um, lesson that I've learned throughout my journey as well. So good. So good. No struggle, no progress. That is an awesome quote, an awesome picture for people to take with them as they think about those valley moments, those bumps that they may come across along their journey. And man, uh, such powerful stuff. And so we like to talk and get into leadership here because we, we really want to help nonprofit leaders specifically, those that are aspiring to move into maybe that executive director role. They've just, they've got their eye on it. They want to be in the driver's seat. Um, and then some that are currently there and they've been there for a while. And so we like to talk about leadership and get some insight from, from leaders like you. And so what I've learned, Carlos, is that there's, there's often this defining moment along a leader's journey that really kind of set the pace for how they were going to lead 
lead and what kind of leader they were going to become. What was that moment for you? Was, was there something along your way that you were like, that's the kind of leader I want to be? You know, it's, it's just the, the spirit of being confident of, 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 of myself and my instincts. And, um, you know, I lead with kindness. Someone, I remember one point there was a, there was a crossroads um, in our organization a few years back. And um, someone said, I loved too much. I, I offered too much um, credit to, to a situation, to a person. Um, and it had me pause. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to rethink my, my, my whole kind of affect, who I was as a leader. Um, and after reflection, I, I doubled down. I, I do believe that fundamentally people are good at heart, at their core, and they, they sim- simply are seeking a path to find and manifest their goodness. And obviously people need structure, and, and, and as a leader, as an exec- as a manager, you have to create accountability structures and mm-hmm. systems and, and all that, and that's, that's important. Um, but at the core of it all, um, I, I still think that the guide rails um, should be one that um, – uh, presumes the positive, projects the positive, and obviously, you know, holds accountable the things that are negative, and sometimes that does happen, and, and that's just, you know, a management thing. But, um, you know, a, a person that I've come to um, admire deeply as a uh, kind of like a distant mentor, distant leader mentor is, uh, is um, Ken Chenault, the, the head of American Express, and, and he talks often about his leadership journey and being truly tested during 9-11, his headquarters was right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he had many challenges that day, obviously even communication style and everything that had to uh, play out. And and in those moments you, you, of stress, those moments of distress, um, you have to double down to your core instincts, the thing that you are when you blink, the things that you are innately about. And um, it you can listen to all the advisors, all the consultants, all the people around you, at the end of the day, it's you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we recently at our and our staff, I took. You know, we've we've reconnected with that at at, at my local agency at Big Brothers Big Sisters, and we've reignited um, this spirit of um, of gratitude, abundance. Um, we have our meetings now, our weekly meetings now um, on Thursday, so we can brand it around Thankful Thursday. The idea of projecting uh, gratitude in a very intentional way. We had our team reading um, this amazing book by Deepak Chopra called The Soul of Leadership. Mm-hmm. And it really talks about just that, being true to your, 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 your in, innate goodness, being communicative around it, being expressive around it, being abundant, uh, being positive. And then that stuff magnifies with your media environment. That stuff magnifies in the external world and, um, and, and, and finding that path. And so um, our staff meetings um, used to just be staff meetings, and and again, we're we're branding around the idea of gratitude, thankful Thursday, and at the end of our meetings, we have um, on letterhead, uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters letterhead, and the word thankful Thursday with just a couple of lines saying, you know, this is a note in the spirit of offering gratitude, just because dot dot dot, mm. and we spend you know, sometimes a minute, sometimes five minutes writing a couple of notes to people in our world. It could be personal. It could be professional. It could be the security guard just down the street um, in our, and down the hall. 
And we just intentionally offer that note of gratitude to people in our space. Um, what has happened, which is cool, and what gets me excited, I mean, talk about things that kind of keep us going. You know, I did that for um, uh, one of our, our local Congress people, and she has now infused in her office with her staff doing the same thing every Thursday, that they write handwritten notes to all the staff, like from the interns to the chief of staff to the congresswoman herself that they are writing thankful Thursday notes to people in their space, not necessarily for political purpose, just to offer a sincere note of gratitude. Yeah. And some that's, and, and, and anyone can do this, right? We can walk up and down the street and, you know, I bought the other day, um, we bought at our staff, we bought the other day a box of kind bars, you know, the, yes. and, and it's not to, pr- <laughs> not to promote <laughs> a certain kind of brand, but it's kind of a cool name. And if, you know, you offer it in the spirit of kindness and to someone randomly, um, it's beautiful to see a smile perk up when they didn't expect it. Yeah, man, I love what you're doing with your team. One of the things you said earlier that I really liked, and 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 I and I'm I'm, I'm hearing that you're sticking with this, is that you, you? I heard you say that someone said that you love too much. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the deal. I actually subscribe to this idea that people really want to do. Well, they really want to do a yeah. good job. Sometimes we just have a hard time finding our way. And yep. absolutely, yep. when you have a team and leadership, you do have to do exactly what you talked about. And that's provide that structure, provide that accountability. That's how you end up getting results. That's an essential ingredient to leading an effective team. But believe in people, believe that they want to do well. And sometimes that wanting to do well, it may not work out with our team it may not work out with yeah. this team but ultimately people really want to do well and our job as leaders and i so love that this is what you're doing um is to try and pull the best out of people um and get them to that place that they may not even want to go they didn't even know that they could get there so man keep doing that um I, i'm i'm happy to hear that you didn't you didn't say well maybe i do love too much and, and stop <laughs> stop loving people you know um who knows what what would have happened if if you would have listened to to some of that noise but so carlos let me let me ask you this you know a lot of times when we talk about leadership we 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 do have this propensity and i do it as well to really kind of talk about the things you do you do right I like to right. turn that upside down um, and, and ask this question about the don'ts of leadership. What are some things that you'd advise leaders that are tuning in today not to do? What are some of those things that you would say, stay away from that? Yeah, so you like in, in a world of opportunity costs, limited time, you have to make judgment calls. You have to say no to certain things. And um leading with love is, is good. It projects, I think, a positive thing that we just talked about into your space, into society and all that. But it also can um, open up an opportunity for others to just um, co-opt your time. And so um, open door policies, you know, sometimes can lead to full days and full weeks of um, not the best use of your time. Now, um, as a leader of an organization, as a person who has many responsibilities pointing at them, including making sure that, you know, mouths are fit, right? Like the staff members have payroll that doesn't bounce and like things like this, right? Like they're very practical things. And so um, leading with love is one thing, but being clear about use of time is another. And, 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 and sometimes they get confused. Um, And I sometimes confuse them. I sometimes want to have the open door policy with, 
with the spirit of uh, being very accessible. Um, and and then you realize that you know, it's not necessarily the 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 best use of the CEO's time to do so. Mm. Um, and so what I've tried to do is, and I've certainly um, carved this out with uh, with with my my board, which is essentially my boss, is um, you know trying to be clear about 20% of my time being on um, uh, non day to day things, um, bigger level things. Um, you know, in Google, they call it Google time, where you explore your personal passions um, in the spirit of eventually bringing it back to 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 home, bring it back to your mission. And so that those those um, those moments I put on my calendar with regularity, with with a very clear intention. I call it my R and R time. It's my research and reflection time, and um, it's usually out of the office. So. Um, I'm not pulled into things that would distract me from that. Um, I'm not always good about it. Like, so that, let me be clear. I, I talk a good game, but I'm not good about that. I need to be better. Uh, but that, in those moments, those R&R times, the research and reflection time, I offer um, myself the opportunity to read the big thought, like the, the, the soul leadership of Deepak Chopra, for example, mm-hmm. to help guide our team in, in a new direction. Um, I read the different kind of uh, research that is cutting edge for our industry. I, I try to make connections in a way that's a little bit different than I would if I were just in the office on the day to day. So um, that would be a, a takeaway that I've had to learn along the way to learn what to say no to. Although the spirit of saying yes is gratifying. It's easy and is, is sometimes a trap too. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, there's so many of our colleagues in the nonprofit social sector space have that struggle because we we want to help everybody, you know, and right. uh, it's just it it is gratifying because that's kind of what you're made of. And so I think that is so key. You do have to say no to some things to say yes to other things. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, so good. So, you know, Carlos, you're good at a lot of things. Um, and we on the show talk about, you know, God giving every person what we call a genius level talent. And I'm going to ask you not to be bashful, not to be, you know, too humble. And just tell me what that genius talent is for you. What's that thing that you're better at than most? And then talk to me a little bit about, you know, how do you stay in that strength? And and I ask that question because, you know, what research shows is that when you when you work in that area of strength, you're able to accomplish so much more. And so what's that genius talent for you? Wow. Um, that's a great question. I don't know if I have that figured out. I'll be honest. Um, I admire uh, there, there was a there's a interview a long time ago that really molded a lot of my view on this kind of topic. When I was a kid, I admired um, the prowess of, of Michael Jordan. And in this interview, he said, um, when I'm in the zone, so most people want to talk about it in the zone, they, they're, they're like faster than others and they see things yeah. that other people don't see. Michael Jordan talked about how when he was in the zone, he was in fast forward and others were in slow-mo. That the, the difference was that much more magnified than just kind of doing a little bit more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I often kind of try to figure out what that is for me. I know that the, um, the blessings of my life um, partly are not my doing, but I know that the certain things I can control is, is how I project myself out. Um, I liken my journey often to, to Forrest Gump in a way where I just find myself in some very unique situations with some extraordinary people. And 
if I'm true to um, the experiences that I've had and the people that I've touched and I've been touched by, I'm able to build a bridge. And, um, and that to me is, I think the thing that I have come to embrace over time is, is something that's, is unique that I'm often given, um, um, metaphoric microphones that help ampl- amplify voice of people who feel voiceless sometimes mm. or experiences that, that often don't get amplified sometimes. And so, you know, why am I, why am I sitting alongside the Dalai Lama at this peace summit and he knows who I am? Like yeah. there, there's, you know, someone of my background should not be in that situation, but yet, yet I was, mm. um, you know, and, and finding those moments and creating the space for those moments. Again, that's back to that R and R time, you know, making sure you're intentional about creating that space yeah. for, 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 for life to, to come onto you. And then things open up. I, you know, some some of my friends, uh, colleagues even make fun of me. Like I, my, some of my vacation time is, I'm looking at a picture right now of 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 uh, a week long mission trip that I've taken two years in a row. Probably going to be ongoingly now. I go to Guatemala and build a house in literally a garbage dump, and that's that's a vacation time. That that frees up my space. It really does. It gives me a lot of um, emotional capacity and energy to build um, an emotional and spiritual connection to something that may not be as obvious. And, and we've been able to turn that experience into something um, extraordinary by building, hearing, hearing the, um, the challenges of that one community in Guatemala City, which is literally in the foot of what they called the dump, which is the, uh, the largest um, garbage dump in Latin America, one of the largest in the world. Mm. And this wonderful small organization called Potter's House there um, has adopted this community. And and out of those two um, a week-long experiences that I've had, um, it was clear that they needed uh, medical provisions and um, um, not only physicians, but things that we take for granted, like simple um, medicines mm-hmm. and things that don't won't cost that much for us to to offer. And and in my kind of Forrest Gumpish way. I have um, I'm on a board of a hospital, which is now one of the largest healthcare systems um, in the country as mergers have gone. And we're trying to build a bridge now to the resources that I um, have connected myself to, to this 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 small community in Guatemala City. And um, and so I don't know if it's that the quote unquote genius talent, but it's certainly um, creating the space for uh, being of service. And they're just being open, creating the space to be open to to having connections manifest themselves, and um, and so I've come to realize that it, things are not um, by accident. Um, that there's a lot of intentionality around all this. As long as we're all open and we keep our eyes open to it, um, things will be clear. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And and uh, maybe maybe it's not completely crystal clear, but the kind of connections that you've made, uh, both in the private and the public sector, um, is I would say is probably pretty close to your genius talent. But I, I won't I won't project. But uh, it kind of <laughs> seems a little clear to me. Well, let's get into some of what you're doing there with Big Brothers and Big Sisters because I definitely, as we talked about. Um, you know, yep. I, I'm I'm a big and and was a little, and so big brothers and big sisters is is near and dear to my heart. What what's the one big thing you guys are working on right now that that most excites you? 
Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to, to insert this because right now there, what we've seen in, in many of our communities is a manifestation of an us versus them dynamic. Um, the dehumanization of the other mm-hmm. has turned into a lot of um, strife, a lot of negativity, killings, hurt, violence. Um, we see it manifest itself in so many different ways. Um, and most, most pronounced for me at the, this moment is, is our law enforcement with our community. And I say our intentionally for both because um, I am a, a huge fan of, of law enforcement. I'm a huge fan of obviously our communities. Yet there's a huge chasm that has allowed itself to play out. And um, in 2010, we launched this program in the spirit of, of building a bridge. And we didn't realize how, um, how much needed it would be until things have bubbled over in, in places like Dallas, just down the street from me, right? Yeah. Like, and, and so we launched in 2010, 2011 in Newark, uh, this program called Bigs in, in Blue. Um, uh, uh, law enforcement. Um, so it's not just uh, frontline officers, but it's also prosecutors, people who, who are in, in, in law enforcement becoming mentors, one-to-one mentors. Um, and now more than ever, we see the need for this, not only in the spirit of a, a, a great mentoring program, but we're, we're adding a more robust um, nature to this, this platform. And we're, we're intentionally doing two additional things beyond the one-to-one mentoring. Obviously, the core of Big Brothers, Big Sisters is one-to-one mentoring. And that hum- the, in, in a one-to-one relationship, there's, there's nothing more. You can't carry a stereotype very long. You have to, like, th- this is a, one of the most humanizing kind of interactions that any human being could have. If you're sitting there with another person, that, you know, that, they're, they're no, they're no, there's no real chance to have distance there. Right. Um, and and so what we've done to add to this big in blue program in New Jersey is um, a very intentional aspect of of facilitated conver- and guided conversations that are more than just the relationship. It's more it's about the the perceptions of the other, the stereotypes and all that. And it's it's professionally guided by uh, folks external from us. And then also a third element is amplification and the idea that once we have these these great examples. Of, of law enforcement connecting to our children and our children connecting to law enforcement, that we will intentionally amplify these and, and, and hopefully offer a, a sense of a path towards a solution. Um, now, I know that the situation has so many elements that are a lot more complicated than I can even pretend to answer, that sociologically, that policy-wise, and all that stuff, that, that, that stuff is clear and and, and and people are rightly angry about things that have gotten us here. However, um, just because we can't solve everything doesn't mean we can, so- we, can- we-, we should prevent ourselves from solving one thing. And so this is a step in the direction that we hope can be a proof positive. And again, it's something that we created, um, you know, five, six years ago. And, and now it seems ever pronounced, mm-hmm. um, and so that's the thing that's really driving me, and, and, and it has a different kind of price tag, so I'm trying to shop it around to our, 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 our friends and our believers and, and trying to get notable funding so that we, 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 we make it sustainable and so that, again, we do right by our kids and our communities here in New Jersey, but we offer an amplified example of how it could be, and, and I would hope that our friends in Dallas, our friends in, 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 in other places in the country would would take this on 
um, as theirs because um, the big change, as we started off by saying, uh, the big changes will only be manifested by small, regular, tiny ripples of hope. And this is what this program is all about. And that's what gets me jazzed up. So good. So good. And and s- such timing, right? Five years ago, you started this and um, every the groundwork that you laid is is kind of ripe for the timing right now. And so thank you for having that vision, even when there wasn't as much noise out there, there wasn't as much tense um uh, uh setting in in the in the atmosphere so i'm i'm going to be rooting for you and figuring out how i can support that because it sounds like an, an amazing program uh, that can spread uh, across the country um so before i lose you carlos i do have to ask you some final questions here if you could talk to your younger self and give little carlos one piece of advice what would that be uh, little Carlos, <laughs> um, let's, um, just to have faith, not to question things, um, about myself that I had questioned along the way. Now I, I recognize I am who I am today because I actually went through those tests and I questioned myself. Um, but I think the undue stress and burden that some of those questions that I had for myself, um, kind of took on, on me, my person, my body, my health. Um, knowing that at, that today things are okay, I would lighten the load. I would still kind of learn the lessons, but I would lighten the emotional load. Um, the things that, so to connecting it to our work here, there's this thing, there's a study called the ACE study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. It's, it was produced um, in the 90s uh, by the CDC and Kaiser Permanente. And it, it, it quantified the, um, the adverse effects that children face in our communities. And, you know, if it's a murder, if it's exposure to poverty, if yeah. it's being hungry, if it's, and they started to quantify these things. And, and as children had higher number, ACE numbers, um, uh, childhood, ad, ad, adverse childhood effects numbers, um, they, it would correlate to negative health outcomes mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. So um, increased ACE uh, stats would correlate with cancer numbers, with high blood pressure numbers, with high cholesterol numbers, things that um, have a, a disproportionate negative effect on our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And, and even one of the studies found a strong correlation with high ACE numbers to, um, you know, a lesser uh, lifespan of about 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the kids that, I, that we serve um, that have faced traumas that are significant, that I would suggest at six, seven, eight years old before they're teenagers have post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And in a world where their neurology is forming, their development is, is evolving, these have uh, huge ripple effects in their future and their health. Um, so I, I say that to say, I know I, I, I felt some of the burdens growing up when we went to soup kitchens, when we had to, um, you know, sofa surf, as people say. Um, and, um, and, and I know that it's okay today. And I kind of wish I would just have lightened up the load um, on myself when I was experiencing it. 
Oh, man. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned the the A study. I actually took it myself a couple of years ago. Um, did you? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I stumbled across it, and I can't remember why or when, um, mm-hmm. but I took it, and I think it's so powerful. Um, you know, of course, you, you got to be careful. You know, sometimes you yep. can take these kind of studies and you think, you know, the, you know, the, it's the end for you. So you have to kind of manage right. through that, but <laughs> right. it, it's just an indicator. And, and for those of you that are kind of in the youth and children's space, um, if you're not familiar with this, we're going to make sure it's on Carlos's show notes page so you can access it, learn about it and consider it as a part of one of the things that you add to your toolkit to help you kind of get informed about where people are um, as you. And what, 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 it's, what it's great about and I appreciate you inserting that, too, because because what it does is, again, the spirit of building a bridge, right? It speaks powerfully to the need for unconditionally loving, supportive relationships yeah. for children who have face these traumas and how a, a positive, regular one-to-one mentor can help neutralize some of the things that are traumatic, which otherwise couldn't be neutralized. Yes. And so um, what it does do is there's so much money right now and so much intention and focus in the healthcare industry. I'm talking about trillions of dollars, right? And here I am running a $1.5 million small organization in Newark, New Jersey, in Northern New Jersey. And 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 I wish I could just get a crumb off of that table, right? Like uh, off the healthcare table. And yet there there's so many um, billions of dollars being spent on just ER and 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 the symptoms and the manifestations of things that very well could be preventable if we took the time to understand the research, yeah. took the time to actually invest in things like a one-to-one mentor, a caring adult, having trauma-informed services for our children and our families. And so this, to me, I think is the, the thing that also drives me forward. Like the fact that I'm asking for um, additional resources for Bigs and Blue, I would hope that someone in the space would hear the, the hear this and understand that this is very much in line with healthcare funding if viewed in a certain way and viewed in a in a in, in a way of prevention. Mm-hmm. And and again, that's the power of I think um, being able to amplify and be able to take a step back. And I only stumbled across the A study. Um, because I had my R&R time, right, and, 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 and created that space. And, and I didn't realize that you had experienced this, but and yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful for the fact that um, we have commonality in this. And hopefully in, in, in the world as it is, we can carve it out to be slightly different so it doesn't have to be this way in the future, that, that the money, the trillions of dollars being spent in, on, 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 on the outcome, negative healthcare outcomes, maybe a slice of it could be spent towards prevention in the spirit of, getting positive adult trauma-informed healthcare services for our children. Amen. So, uh, Carlos, before we end the show, can you share one book you've read that has had a lasting impact on the way you approach your work? You mentioned a few, but is there one that really sticks out for you that you would recommend to our to our listeners? Absolutely. So, uh, my favorite. Um, anyway, uh, The Ten Paradoxical Commandments, Finding Personal Meaning in a Crazy World by Kent Keith. Um made famous. I mean, he's a a professor in Harvard. Uh, It's a great book. Um, It was really amplified and made uh, largely famous by the fact that the main takeaways were in Mother Teresa's orphanage um, as, 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 as a poster, I guess, or uh, a a wall mural. And it really essentially says that, um, you know, people are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered. Love them anyway. (laughs) If 
you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. Mm -hmm. If you are successful, you will win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Um, The biggest men and women with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest people with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. Um, People favor the underdogs, but follow the top dogs. Fight for a few underdogs anyway. Hmm. What you build, what you spend years building today may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. Hmm. People really need help, but may attack you if you do help them. Help them anyway. Give the world the best you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you have anyway. So it's the idea of projecting love and in the face of some naysaying, just doing the good work anyway. It's one of my favorite books. I love it. I love it. I love it. And on that note, where can we go to learn more about you and the work you do? Um, Absolutely. So our website is www.bigsandkids.org. That's B-I-G-S-A-N-D-K-I-D-S.org. Um, also same thing on Facebook, bigs and kids. Um, and, um, yeah, those are the best ways, uh, to, to get to us. We have a Twitter, um, handle, which I don't quite know yet. <laughs> I'm new to Twitter. Um, but, uh, I'm sure we can, we can we'll send find it. To you. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, uh, folks, um, you know, this was a special episode for me because as a little, um, I, well know the difference that a big brother or a big sister can have in a young person's life. Um, and so I inspired by that became a big and, um, and trying to do my part to send those ripples um, throughout the atmosphere that Carlos so spoke to today. And so I want to encourage you, we're going to have everything that you listen to today on Carlos's show notes page. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Get involved. If it's, if it's, if it's this story, if Carlos's story and his journey spoke to your heart, but think, consider becoming a big today or finding someone that um, may need to be a little, and get involved, even if you don't have the can't find it uh, for whatever reason uh, to be a big yourself. And so thank you all for listening. One of the things we say on the show all the time is that the difference between the you now and the you later are the people you meet and the books you read. And you've been listening to Carlos Liniac and Jay Everline. And we're so excited that you tuned in with us today. When you have a chance, head over to faithfactorimpact.com to access the show notes page that we mentioned today and all of the resources that were mentioned on the show. Carlos, thanks again for joining us. And we are so excited for the work that you're doing and the impact that you're making in the community. Jesse, thank you. It's been an honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Folks, until next time, let's go make an impact.